Hey everyone, it is Allison McGee, your host, coming to you in late October on a day when the only flowers left in my garden are the zinnias, wildly trying to keep on living, keep on blooming, and I don't have the heart to cut them down yet, even though it's supposed to snow. Every morning the sun rises later, every day it goes down earlier, and I'm walking around my house with a down blanket draped around me. That's because I am such a hardy northerner. Or rather, I'm a not-so-hardy northerner who still abides by the rule I grew up with in my frugal country household, which is never turn on the heat until you cannot feel your fingers. A listener in Arizona wrote in with a question the other day. Maybe not a question so much as a statement of his current situation. Dear Allison, 2020 has been so overwhelmingly awful and there are still two months to go. I have always been a defender of humans, but I feel like I'm losing my grip on that. My optimism feels forced. More and more these days, I turn to my dog. I've had dogs my whole life love them all, and mourn them all when they pass. My current girl is an Aussie mix. She's always there, always steady, always a comfort. She doesn't give a shit about the election or the Supreme Court or the melting planet. I don't know why I'm writing. Other than that, I don't want to turn into one of those people who hates other people and only loves dogs. Thank you. Russ. Well, I read Russ's note and instantly all the dogs I have loved rose up in my mind, and all the dogs my friends have loved. Here on my very own city block, my neighbor Kathy's dog is a russet lab named Cairo. That dog will do anything for a carrot, a stem of broccoli, or as much kale from the garden as he'll cram into his muzzle before we shoo him away. My neighbor Amy's dog is a terrier named Winston. Very young, but so beautifully mannered that he seems like an old man, which Amy attributes to the fact that the pandemic has made her work from home for the last eight months, so she's had all this time to train him. My neighbors Jordan and Blake have two huskies named Finn and Tiber. Sometimes when I'm working in my garden, I feel a presence behind me, and I turn, and in the crack in the fence, (laughs) Finn and Tiber, they're Husky eyes are just staring at me. Finn's above Tiber's because he's much bigger than her. On the first Wednesday of every month when the city tests its emergency sirens at noon, noon, Finn and Tiber will stand there in the backyard, point their muzzles to the sky, and howl along with the sirens. Sometimes before the pandemic, when Jordan and Blake were out of offices and not their house, the way I've always worked. I used to open my kitchen window and howl along with them. My own curly-haired black dog, Pete, died two years ago and almost 15. And even though I scan the Humane Society sites and Pet Finder, I don't yet have the heart to get another dog. I travel a ton 
And every time I imagine adopting a new dog, I just see Petey's face. So I know I'm not ready yet. But when Petey was around, he and I used to go to the Basilica of St. Mary sometimes for the blessing of the animals in early October. I'm not Catholic, but the blessing of the animals welcomes everyone. One year when we went, it was a really cold day and Petey and I walked from home, it was a few miles, got there early, stood in the sunshine at the foot of the huge wide stone steps along with all the other beasts and their humans waiting for the doors to open. Petey stood quietly at my heels and then the priests flung open the doors to that huge cathedral and welcomed us all in. All kinds of dogs entered at the sides of their humans, jumping onto the pews or hiding underneath. Cats in carriers and some in baby slings, carried like babies, also entered. On that particular day, I chose a seat halfway down that long expanse of marble floor and arching ceilings. I looked up the way I always do when I'm in a cathedral, wherever I am in the world, and I wondered how those long chandeliers shedding their soft light could have been hung, and by whom. Is it possible that a ladder exists long enough to reach that high? It doesn't seem so. Was it possible that an unseen catwalk skirted the entire perimeter of the domed ceiling? I've climbed the Duomo in Friends. Such things are possible. But here in Minneapolis, down in the majestic cavern of the cathedral, all the animals and their people listened to the words of the priest reading from the book of Genesis. The choir sang hymns, old and new, about the beauty of all creatures, great and small. At the far end of my pew, there was a short, plump woman in a bright blue nylon jacket. She had a small, clear plastic box next to her, the sort of cheap little box that a child might keep beads or barrettes in. Inside the box, I could see a shell and a tiny plastic trunk labeled treasure chest, the kind you see in little aquariums. The woman was bird-like, glancing back and forth, chattering to herself and all the rest of us. She kept gesturing excitedly at the small plastic box with the shell and the treasure chest. I couldn't understand what she was saying, and I didn't know what was in that box. That small woman was one of those people. You know the kind of person. Instinctively, you sense them, how they live their lives on the borderland, the margins. Maybe you picture them in junior high, eating lunch to the side, alone, at a table. Now the priests were beginning their long walk down those marble aisles between the pews, swinging the incense, I think that's what it is, and shaking holy water over all the animals. Next to me, my sweet Pete was resting his head on my lap, and I looked at the small woman at the end of our pew. Then I saw a tiny sand-colored claw reach out from under the shell in that clear plastic box and as quickly retract itself. The small woman turned to see me looking at her. They're hermit crabs, she said. They're hermit crabs. They're my hermit crabs. They were her hermit crabs. Tiny sand-colored crabs huddled beneath other creatures' shelters inside that little plastic box. Hermit crabs carried to the cathedral in the arms of the small woman so that they could be blessed.
The priest came near, and the small woman held her plastic box up high in the air. The priest sprinkled holy water on the hermit crabs and smiled at the woman, who was now crying. Then he sprinkled holy water on Petey, who looked up at me like, what's going on here? On down the aisles went the priests, and all the animals in the cathedral were blessed. High above, the ropes that held the chandeliers were straight and steady, anchoring light. On his way back to the altar, the priest stopped at the end of the pew and sprinkled extra holy water on the hermit crabs. The small woman shook with gratitude and hugged that clear plastic box and wept. Blessed are those who endure. So I'm thinking about our letter writer, Russ, and his fear that he is turning toward animals as a defense against humans. And I think again about that woman at the end of the pew. I think about her quite a bit, to be honest. And then this poem comes to mind. He Wishes for the Cloths of Heaven by William Butler Yeats. It's this poem that comes to mind when I see cruelty, when I see another person, young or old, unknown, or the current president of our country, making fun of another human being. It's this poem that I recite to myself every time I walk into a classroom to remind myself of the dreams my students carry inside their hearts, that we all carry inside our hearts. Here you go, Russ. And here you, woman at the end of the pew with your hermit crabs, this one's for you too. He Wishes for the Cloths of Heaven by William Butler Yeats Had I the heavens embroidered cloths and wrought with golden and silver light, the blue and the dim and the dark clothes of night and light and the half-light. I would spread the cloths under your feet, but I, being poor, have only my dreams. I've spread my dreams under your feet. Tread softly because you tread on my dreams. Well, that's what we got for you today. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> if you like this episode, please spread the word by sending the link to someone else who might like it. And thank you for listening. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi, who can be found on Instagram at dylan.field.parisi, P-E-R-E-S-E. Additional music composed and performed by Kelly Krebs. Today's poem, he Wishes for the Cloths of Heaven by William Butler Yeats. Gosh, I have a hard time saying that. By William Butler Yeats is in the public domain and was read by Luke O'Brien. Words by Winter is created and hosted by me, writer Allison McGee. 
Tell me what you are dealing with, and I'll go in search of a poem to help you through, to help us all through, the way poems have been helping me through since I was a little girl. You can send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or drop me a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more info, go to alisonmcgee.com, Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life, because it is rough out there, and we have to help each other through.